It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hello, I'm David Marsden from the Evening Standard. Follow the leader or hit subscribe and you'll get our news, analysis and commentary every day at 4pm. Give us a rating whatever you get your podcast to. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is the leader. A survey's found 25% of Londoners say they're unlikely to take a COVID-19 vaccine when it becomes available. The YouGov survey for the Mile End Institute and Queen Mary University of London spoke to more than 1,000 people in the city in mid-November, just after Pfizer announced their successful trials. The results also show a sharp difference in the capital's black and ethnic minority communities. Just 39% of BAME respondents said they were likely to have the vaccination compared with 70% of white people. Well, I'm now joined by Sophie Harmon, a professor of international politics at Queen Mary University. Sophie, are you surprised by these figures? I think if you don't work in global health, it is surprising, especially after the year we've had. Everyone's like, well, surely you'd want a vaccine. We want this to end, right? But vaccine hesitancy is something that's existed around vaccines and immunisation for years. Really, to understand this 25% number, you've got to understand what drives vaccine hesitancy. And that's a combination of various factors. It's rumour, where you get your information from. Also, the speed in which the vaccines come about. Now, obviously, this is something we can celebrate saying, wow, look at all this work that's gone into this. But also that makes people think, ah, you know, what's checks and balances what did we miss there and again that's not to be concerned I think this is actually just something that's super impressive and then also there's an issue of trust and I think this is a really big one it's do you trust the government and the health services that are providing the vaccine and then finally and this is a really interesting one so this is coming from research coming out of the East Carolina University that I've just been looking at that's actually looking at the different vaccines So as we have three vaccines that could be made available, there is this sort of, well, which is the good vaccine? So some people think, well, I don't want that one. You know, so is the Oxford AstraZeneca one, if that goes to like low income countries, does that mean that's not a good vaccine? Now, of course, that's nonsense, but these perceptions come through. So the key is not just to dismiss it and say, oh, you know, why are these people hesitant? You know, what's what's wrong with it's actually to really engage what are those driving factors that make people hesitant around vaccines. So let's tackle this issue about perhaps people feeling that the vaccine might not be safe, if only because it appears to have been rushed. Scientists have been working around the clock all over the world. Maybe they've missed something. They're all exhausted. You can kind of understand where that comes from. How safe 
are these vaccines? By the time they come to you, they will incredibly say. Now, the problem with vaccines is you can never say 100%. You know, it's that 99.99% safe. However, because they have to go through such rigorous processes of not only just internal peer review within the scientific community with the different three stages of clinical trials, and then for the kind of formal channels of, you know, rubber, not rubber stamping, but the appropriate checks from the authorities, they're not allowed anywhere near the general population until they're considered safe. And I think that's really huge and really important. As much as we are so excited and really want this vaccine, they will not be rushed out until they are safe. And that's the main thing, because the worst thing that could happen is that the vaccine becomes available and something happens to someone that would just destroy confidence in all vaccines. So I think it's the people behind the vaccines, the scientists who are working on them, the government authorities know this. And so it's taken extremely seriously. If 25% of London did not take the vaccine, would the other 75% be safe from COVID-19? I think that's a really good question because often you said, well, this comes back to everyone's favourite topic of herd immunity, right? So herd immunity comes from the vaccine world. It doesn't come from the COVID world. And so this is the idea that a certain number of the population need to be vaccinated to suppress the virus, right? Now, with the vaccine, there's kind of estimates that this should really cover 80 to 90% of the population, but this changes as the vaccine and science behind the vaccine becomes available. There's also this question, though, with the vaccine of whether it just allows your body to respond to COVID-19 so it doesn't stop the spread of COVID-19. Say if I have the vaccine, it will help my body respond to COVID-19 to prevent my death from COVID-19. But we don't know yet whether it will stop me spreading COVID-19 to somebody else. That's the question. So when you think about vaccination, it could protect us individually if we have it. So if the 75% has the vaccine, then it'll help us and our response to COVID-19. But again, we are looking for the majority of the population to have it to make sure that then that just reduces the amount of the virus in the world. There's more on this in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. Now. All the retail industry's hopes were pinned on Black Friday being a success after a terrible lockdown year. But on the day of the sale bonanza, there's been a stark reminder of the perilous situation our high street stores are in. It's reported Arcadia, the group that owns names like Topshop and Burton, is close to collapse. Administrators are said to be being appointed within days and thousands of jobs are at risk. Our Deputy Business Editor Joanna Burke's with me. Joanna, has Arcadia itself said anything about this? What the company has said, they haven't directly talked about an administration, um, but they've addressed uh, recent media speculation um, regarding the future of the company. Um, so the company put out a statement um, and their statement alludes to you know, the difficulties on the high street recently. So the statement reads, the forced closure of our stores for sustained periods as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic has had a material impact on trading across our businesses. As a result, the Arcadia brands have been working on a number of contingency options to secure the future of the group's brands. It goes on to say that the brands continue to trade and our stores will be opening again in England and the Republic of Ireland as soon as the government COVID-19 restrictions are lifted next week. So from that, you know, we see that they're still trading. Um, the shops are, you know, planning to open as normal. 
Um, but obviously, you know, as they allude to, they're, they're trying to get options um, to help safeguard the business. Yeah, they're certainly not denying that retail itself, I guess, is in a lot of trouble right now. I mean, could we really see the end of a brand like Topshop? I think it's, you know, uh, you know, unfortunately for Arcadia, you know, they have got, um, I would say, you know, some great brands in there. You know, Topshop has got a big following. I think it's just, you know, headwinds have gone against their favour. You know, so as a company, they've got a massive high street presence. And as we know, the high street has taken a battering this year, you know, through lockdowns. So I think even in the event that the company did go into administration, which let's stress again, it hasn't um, gone into administration yet. But even if it did, some of those brands are really valuable. So I, I think, you know, in the event that it did, there would be potential suitors out there that might want to snap up some of those brands. This has come on Black Friday, which was supposed to be the day when retailers all over the country would try and make back some of the money that they've lost because of the lockdowns this year due to coronavirus. Has that happened for them? I know, yeah, unfortunately it's, it's, it's bleak news, you know, potentially very bleak news um, on what people had hoped would be a boost and lifeline for retail today. So we have got reports, you know, there's scores, you know, a number of retailers are predicting their busiest ever Black Friday, but that's going to come through online sales. Um, you know, so ordinarily you might have an online business and as well as that, high street shops. So those high street shops are closed, meaning all the money's funneling into online. So that is a mega boost and companies are seeing huge demand. Um, but obviously, you know, for a number of smaller companies or firms that don't have an online presence or that do have an online presence but can't compete with some big online giants um the timing of this you know they're not going to benefit from it from it because their shops won't open until next week um where they could have had some black friday offers in store check out standard.co.uk for more on this story and that's the leader we're back on monday Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.